instead of the mindset of, you know, this is a relationship. Every, like whether it's a mass email or whether it's a print piece that we're sending out, there's an individual, there's a person behind each one of those. From Virtuous, I'm Noah Barnett, and this is the Responsive Fundraising Podcast, a show where we talk with fundraising leaders and thinkers to uncover how today's top nonprofits craft remarkable donor experiences and build lasting relationships at scale. On this episode, we're joined by Chad Williams. He's the founder and CEO of 5Q and has spent nearly two decades helping nonprofit leaders really understand the changes in the fundraising landscape and evolve strategies to effectively engage today's donor. During our conversation, he shares five mindsets that modern nonprofits are adopting to ensure that they can raise retention and grow giving. He also provides a framework that's practical to help you do just that. It's a great conversation, so let's dive in. Chad, you've spent nearly two decades helping nonprofits understand (laughs) the expanding digital landscape and really evolve their strategies for our new reality. In your opinion, what's changed? What's really stayed the same? And what do most still not understand? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Noah. Um, yeah, so, so I've been with 5Q for, you're right, 16 years. But before that, I worked for a nonprofit um, inside an international nonprofit. started way back in the day when they had, <laughs> they had the webmaster. So, so my path has really been through the technology side. Worked for that organization for seven years, started as a webmaster, let's start, ended up leading their internet, internet director, and was their CIO by the time I left. Uh, I left to start 5Q, really with a passion for helping um, nonprofits and faith-based nonprofits be excellence in the digital space. And uh, <laughs> digital really, uh, in today's environment, digital touches everything, including the fundraising side of things. Absolutely. And so over the course of working inside of an organization, as well as working with dozens and over hundreds of organ, hundred, well over a hundred organizations that we've worked with in the last 15 years, and not just at a, like here, we're going to host your website, but at a really deep level, helping them be excellent in the digital space. We've, uh, yeah, we've seen lots of, lots of changes over the years. Um, but what hasn't changed is some of the fundamentals of, looking forward to connecting with your audience, being able to connect your ministry or your faith or your nonprofit with the audience that you're serving, and then being able to make that right call to action at the right time. The tools change, the, the, the people, the faces change, but the, the principles of whether it's fundraising or the principles of just good digital engagement, they, re- they really, they've, they've stayed pretty much the same over the last 15 years. No, and that's incredible that like things haven't changed because I think sometimes the reality feels like everything's changing. <laughs> and I think it's so important to kind of resurface some of these key, really first principles because mm-hmm. in fundraising, there are these first principles. And I've talked a lot about that with other guests and you kind of resurface them as well. Like, you know, what is the purpose? How do we connect that purpose? How do we communicate that purpose? The mechanisms and whatnot have changed, mm-hmm. but the, mm-hmm. the really the what... And the why we're doing that um, really hasn't. So it's good to hear from you know the depth of your experience that you're kind of seeing that as well. 
You, you know, I'm, you're absolutely right in that it's really easy to get into a mindset of, oh, what's the latest, new latest thing out there? What's shiny? What's the latest fad? And, and we're not going to survive this next fundraising round if we don't t- jump on that. But w- one of the things that we actually created probably about 10 years ago, uh, what, what we would call um, five marks of a healthy digital mindset. And uh, these would be those things that really, they, they, we've seen a few of these grow over the years, but a lot of them haven't changed. Like one is that a, a healthy digital mindset is that digital is more than just one channel. A lot of people think digital, they think, oh, fundraising, or they think, oh, marketing or branding. But digital is all of that. Plus, you can, as a nonprofit, you can have real impact on the people that you're, that you're serving through the digital space. So, so di- realize that digital is more than just one thing. It really touches lots of different things in your organization. Secondly, is that digital is about relationship. So it's not about just broadcasting your message and waiting for the money to come in. It's about a, a, a relationship is a two-way. It's a listening and responding. And that's what you guys over at Virtuous have done a fantastic job just thinking about the responsive aspect of fundraising. And that, that really leads to the relationship part, whether you're in person or whether you're communicating digitally via email or even when the people are coming to your website. Which, which really leads to the third um, mark of a healthy digital mindset, which is it, it needs to be personalized, not generic. Um, how many times do you go to a nonprofit website and the homepage looks exactly the same every time you visit? If you signed up for that, that, that email list and they ask you again when you come back, sign it up for the email list. Well, you've already done that before. Why are you asking me to do that again? You know, let's, let's personalize the message based on what we know about folks. Uh, fourth, the fourth mark of a healthy digital mindset is that it's integrated and ubiquitous. So digital touches everything in an organization, starting with your CRM, with the way that people communicate internally. In our, in our organization, we use Slack. You know, it's a digital communication tool that happens inside the organization and all the different ways that you can do email, all those things. So digital touches everything and it's ubiquitous. And then fifthly is that digital is dynamic. So it's constantly changing. That's why it's good to partner with, with organizations like Virtuous and, and others, organization I'm with 5Q, that can help you stay up with the trends so that the tools and the tactics are going to change. But if you understand these principles, you can apply the tools and tactics to these principles. And I'm glad you brought this up, Chad, because these are so important. One thing that we found in our research here at Virtuous is that a lot of the fundraising strategies and models we're still using today or that a lot of nonprofits Mm. are actually handcuffed to are really kind of uh, different versions of kind of traditional 1950s style tactics where it was Mm. just, you know, we have this message, we need to get this message out and we're going to leverage a variety of channels to be able to do that. It might have been, you know, mail and phone and then it might have moved to email and then it moved mm-hmm. to you know, banner ads or websites and then it moved to social, social media. media. Yep. But yep. it was always seen from a strategic sense as a distribution change rather than mm-hmm. a fundamental shift mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and kind of taking advantage of the opportunity that digital really provides. And I think that's where we kind of landed on needing a new model, which is what we call, you know, responsive fundraising. And it kind of encapsulates a lot of these mindsets because I don't think much of this is even 
reserved for digital, but rather kind of the mindsets of a modern strategy. No, yeah, no, you, you, you're exactly right. Um, what you just described was the, the mindset of a, a blast and then a blast and cast and just wait for the money to come in instead of the mindset of, you know, this is a relationship. Every, like whether it's a ass email or whether it's a print piece that we're sending out, there's an individual, there's a person behind each one of those. And that person, that individual has individual needs, individual desires. And at least in our world, the new way to know how to communicate them is to understand what their individual needs and desires are and to customize and personalize and tailor the message to, to really meet them where they're at. And that you, before digital, you really haven't been able to do that well. And even with digital organizations are still trying to learn how to do that well. Absolutely. Digital really made this concept, even at scale, accessible. And I think now we're doing a lot of work to kind of help nonprofits learn that new kind of approach. And I think digital is a key part of that. But I know listeners right now are being like, great, Noah and Chad are talking about these new things that, you know, we should be focused on. And I think they're well socialized. I think the hard thing is actually, how do you implement them? So I want to put you in the hot Mm -hmm. seat and say, you know, if you're t- if it's tomorrow and you're joining a nonprofit as their CDO or CRO, what would you focus in mm-hmm. on during your first 60 days? Like, let's bring it down and be a little bit pragmatic. What would you focus on in those 60 days as an operator? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, the, the first phase, I would say, like the first phase would be a information gathering phase. And that may be partly, I mean, I'm wired. I've, and if you've ever taken the Colby assessment, I have, I'm really a, a high fact finder. So I would start with, with a, an assessment phase, know your ministry or know, know your nonprofit and the organization that you're working with, know your team, know your audience and around knowing your ministry, understand your messaging, understand the organization's history Get to understand your resources. What do you have available to you? Understand the history, what's been done in the past, and, and um, what has worked and what hasn't worked. All those all different different pieces of data about the organization itself. And then get to know your team. You know, if you're coming in as a, if it's a, a medium-sized, you know, hopefully you have a team that you're working with. And I know that that's, not everybody has that, but if you do, mm-hmm. um, Know your That's team, so both staff as well as as well as contractors, and uh, um, so in what are their roles? Um, understanding what the what 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 their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, identifying the gaps where you know you know if if you yourself have a good design background and you're a one man team, then knowing when you may need to bring somebody else along to be able to um, help with the technology side, or vice versa. If you're a good tech person or understanding relate, you like to be out there talking to people, you're going to need to bring along somebody to be able to help on the administrative side. So know your team and then know your audience. Um, who is it that the organization is reaching? And both on a broad scale, the demo, like the demographic size, but also on the individual scale, pick up the phone 
and just talk to the folks and talk to the folks that you can actually interact with and see, well, what really drives you? Why is it that you're engaged? Why is it that have you um, been such a part of important part of the organization over the years? So you can really understand the heartbeat of the, of, of the, of the folks that are supporting your organization. So then with that understanding, I'd, I'd shift into a phase two, that first 60 days, which would be crafting the plan. And, and that plan would include the, everything that you've just learned about, but it include touching the right parts of the donor pyramid, um, you know, whether it's the major donors, the mid-level and the, the lower ends. And when I say the right parts, every organization is so different. Um, you know, some organizations are really based upon a heavy major donor, like two or three really patrons that are that support the organization, and, and the real need maybe come alongside and and, and really um, start the process of building up a broader base, or maybe an organization already has a, a large broad base, and and there's an, the opportunity is to be able to move those people that are. They're maybe given the, 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 the a few hundred dollars a year or even less than that, move them up the up the pyramid to help them consider being a part of the, 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 the their major donors. So considering that as a part of the plan, considering all the different channels that you have to communicate with and, and making sure that the channels that you're communicating through are all in sync, that they're communicating. I don't know how many times I've worked, we've worked with organizations, large organizations, and and I'll get mailings and emailings from from different parts of the organization. It's almost that that image that you have of an elephant, and you know, one person, uh, three blind people trying to figure out what this animal is, and one person is grabbing the leg and says, "This is a trunk," or "It's a tree." Other person grabs the uh, the trunk and says, "No, this is a rope," and and the other person grabs the ear and, and says, "No, this is a." This is a uh, like a palm tree or whatever. And sometimes the messaging that's coming from an organization feels that way. And so you want to make sure that the, your, your messaging is in sync. And then layering on that third layer, like what we were talking about earlier, the ability to respond with the responsive or the, the personalized and, and getting those flows in place so that you're able to, to communicate in a, uh, in a, in, in a consistent flow, whether it's regular mail or email or even coming to their website in a personalized way that really connects with the person in a way that, uh, that, that, you, that they know that you understand how they've connected with you in the past. So that's, And then the last phase is just start executing. So know, craft the plan, and then start executing. And I think it's important the order that you presented those because because I think even if you're not starting as a new CDO, there's a lot of lessons to learn in kind of that framing mm. of how you should take action. So even if you're a major gift officer or a marketing coordinator listening to this, mm-hmm. this idea of being able to start by listening and then kind mm-hmm. of actually going out and talking to people, talking to your donors, getting out of the conference room... I know that's a mistake I've made so often is that you stay in the room too long or even inside your head or on your laptop Mm -hmm. and forget that you can learn so much Mm -hmm. by just going out and asking questions. But then the second part about that building the plan, really understanding kind of the consistency that you need to drive through those channels or through whatever, you know, project that you're working on. But then the last thing is actually just going out and doing something. (laughs) A lot of times we get so caught up on building the plan Mm -hmm. 
that we probably forgot mm-hmm. to ask the people that the plan actually impacts or the plan is trying to re- react and we forgot to execute. And the plan is just socialized mm-hmm. for three months. And then, you know, you're already three, four, six, eight months behind on your on your goals. And that that can be really disappointing. So I love this approach of like, how do you listen? How do you build a plan? And then how do you just go execute so that you can actually learn more on how you can actually effectively do that? I think that's really practical advice. You don't know, no, just to just to add, you you you, you said 60 days because there would be the next step and that's the next step after the 60 days. And that's the learn and react and change your plan as needed. And cause it's gotta be, it's gotta be fluid. You have to see what works, see what doesn't work, maximize the things that are working and uh, don't be afraid to, to stop the things that aren't working. Yeah. And I think it goes back to one of your mindsets of being dynamic. You know, it's not only that the campaigns need to be dynamic, but you as an organization need to be dynamic. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm connected with another uh, interview um, with Sophie Penny, who's a pro- uh, professor at, um, at the University of Pennsylvania or at Penn State, sorry. And she talks about this idea of how do organizations adopt a nimble mindset? And I think it's so essential mm. nowadays to be able to do exactly that, you know, not wait till next year to evaluate, but how do you actually respond and evolve in real time? Yeah, that's crucial. And so we talked about this idea of like, how do you actually listen and how do you do this? What are some of the mindsets that you do? Um, but still it comes down to like, capturing attention and 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 how do you actually do that because that's required really if we think about our 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 goals as an organization as like we have a purpose and there's people that we're trying to connect to that purpose we still have to capture the attention of those people and i know at virtuous we've known that attention is actually one of the most valuable currencies today and earning it is really hard as attention is fractured and competition is really fierce so what should nonprofit leaders be focused on amidst this reality? You know, what have you seen work for your clients and others as it relates to engaging today's donor? Some of the things that we have seen just from a tactics and, and tools perspective that's been working in the last 18 months or so. Uh, well, first, let me share a few things that aren't working. Uh, a lot of people, when they, they'll come to us and they'll say, hey, we want to be able to run a, um, a Facebook ads campaign. So, okay, okay, great. One of the first questions we ask is, okay, how do we measure success for this? What's the goal for it? And um, <laughs> some of them say, well, it needs to pay for itself. So they're looking for donations and they say, okay, um, well, how many people from this are already connected to your ministry? And say, well, we only have about a, a couple thousand on our, on our Facebook list. So, a lot of the conversation is around, okay, um, so you're expecting a person to see an ad on Facebook, never heard about you before, and expect you to give all in one, the first time transaction. And, and really, that's in, in a lot of places, that's an unrealistic expectation. And it goes back to what we said earlier, though, where it's like we're treating that channel as like a a distribution channel where we're like, oh, we're just trying to capture and steal attention is, you know, in kind of a traditional yeah. way, but that's not how the world works today. So I think you're right. Yeah. So, so the, the, the approach that we encourage folks to take, and I think it was Seth Godin that coined the, coined the phrase of permission marketing. And so 
uh, you know, let's, let's give the people that we're trying to reach something of value. Um, maybe, maybe that's a, uh, maybe that's a, a white paper on what, what your organization has been doing, or maybe it's a, even actually, I know we've, one of the uh, most effective things we've done in the recent years, worked with an organization that's developed, they called it the 30 day challenge. And every day they would get in, um, let's say it was a 30 day challenge to help a, a person improve their marriage. And every day they would get an email giving them another tip, another idea, another item to focus on to help improve their, their, um, their marriage. And no matter what date they start on that, they'll get for the next 30 days, they'll get, they'll get those, that, that specific email, not asking for a dime the entire, the entire time. But what you're doing is you're, you're giving the person something of value. You're building trust so that they trust you as a communicator and you as an organization. So then when the timing is right, whether it's after that 30 days or part of your normal normal fundraising process, number one, you'll know something about them. You know that they are married and that they have an interest in improving their marriage. And then number two, um, they'll know something about you. So then you can come back to them and, and actually craft the ask in a way that um, is, is, is able to tailor to, to what, they, what, they, what they want. And so we encourage people to think about, okay, grabbing the attention is about learning how to give something of value. And what is it that you can be giving of value that, that the person really finds valuable so that when they come to their, whether it's their email or come to their mail, they're not, their mindset isn't, oh, what are they asking for now? It's, oh, what, can I, what, what are they sharing with me now? And um, that, um, that, that approach, first of all, permission-based, they've given you permission to be able to send you information and then using that approach to build that trust over time. Um, we, uh, we ran, I'm trying to think, we ran, a, we ran a campaign within the last, oh, I think it was within the last 12 months with an organization, large international organization. And uh, we were very clear on our goals up front. Was, their goals was to, to grow their email base. And so we did some, some typical paid advertising as, as, well, as, as well as some, some other um, non-paid advertising areas. And, and we had, the, the, I think, the number of people that signed up for this new campaign, I think we, we beat the goal by over 100%. And so it was, I can't remember the exact numbers, but way over the goal. In addition to that, within 30 days, those people also um, made enough donations that we actually covered the cost of the campaign. And then the fascinating thing was, because this was, this was about 12 months ago, right? This was 12, about 12 months before year-end fundraising. So in year-end fundraising, we actually ran uh, a, looked at the data, looked at the cohort of those people that signed up for that specific campaign, and how do they do 12 months later in giving to the organization? And they, that, those, that cohort gave three times as much as compared to people who did not come in that campaign or people who have traditionally been a part of the organization. So that, we would call it a lead-nurture campaign. It's a lead-nurture process. We nurtured them through the process. We know it works, but it takes time to be able to um, set it up, to execute it, and then communicate over, over a, a period of time. But it, we're in this for the long game. It's not just for those one-off donations. You're in this for the long game, so it's worth it to develop those 
um, permission-based marketing with lead generate with with uh, um, that lead generation campaigns that you're nurturing those leads over time. Indeed, and I've heard you share previously on what you call the five stages of donor engagement. Could you walk us through these and how they should practically inform a fundraiser's strategy? So you want to the first stage is is inspire. And uh, some of the different, uh, so the question is, well, how do you get them to get there? Um, and that's where the, the tools and tactics, whether it's the nonprofit, Google makes a, uh, their Google ads grant, they give $10,000 of free advertising, um, up to $10,000 available. So if you're not taking advantage of that, really encourage you to do that. Also, just having an active Facebook page when your friends are sharing with their friends something that you've posted in social media that's going to draw those visitors in um, the, 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 all the different areas, even in terms of when you're, when you're crafting your emails and sending those out and saying, Hey, if you found this helpful, look at sharing this with your friends. And so, so the, the, another, another important piece that it's been around for so long and that a lot of organizations overlook it's, it's search engine optimization, um, making sure that your search engine uh, making sure that your website is optimized so that when a person types into Google something related to your organization, you're on that first page. You're ideally in the top one to five. We work with some organizations that are 100% digital, and they, which means basically their 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 website is how they how they operate as an organization, and they drive literally millions. Uh, visitors to their website every every month just because they're optimized really really well um, for Google and from that search and optimization side. So that's the first phase: is the inspire, get your visitors, and uh, and capture them, and the things that we had talked about earlier. Um, the next area: so if they've come to your site or if they're coming to your Facebook page, you want to connect with them, and. And that's what we would call from visitors, they move to leads. So you connect with the leads. And that's where you're giving them something of value, ideally something that they can sign up for. Um, some of the tools would be um, maybe it's a digital product, like a, a download. Hey, you know, give your email and you can download this product. I mentioned earlier, sign up for a 30-day challenge. Um, other important tools for that is, is making sure that your website is personalized and um, what I mean by that is that when they come to your homepage, if you, you should be able to tell if this is their first time visiting, you give them a specific message. If this is not their first time visiting, you should be able to tell where they visited on your site so you can tailor that message to help them. If they haven't signed up for an email list or they haven't signed up for something, give them an option to sign up. If they have signed up, you can acknowledge that they've signed up and then be able to, to offer them something else of value that they can learn out on your website. So, Per site personalization is, a, is an important part of this phase of connecting with your leads. And the third is educate. And uh, you can say educating your contacts. So it goes from visitors to leads, from, from inspire to connect to educate, your visitors, leads, and contacts. And in that area, you're looking at um, some of the tools would be your email campaigns that you're sending out. You're, you're communicating with them on a regular basis. Your website personalization, again, so that you can help them take the next step. Um, retargeting is a is another way that if they visited your website and and um, just from a branding message and 
And you, you can actually purchase some retargeting ads on other websites. So that when they're visiting other websites, they'll either be responded or come back to you from, from, from that aspect. And then the fourth stage of engagement is make the ask. And that's where you develop your supporters. So whether that ask is coming in email, um, can happen in retargeting, your website personalization, it's really key that your donation forms at that point are, are really solid and uh, that they don't throw up any barriers, that they work well, and that in that donation form that you're actually personalizing the message to help them understand why they should be giving, why they should be giving to you. And then the fifth, the fifth stage is appreciate your partners. And that really closes the loop. So you want to show gratitude and, and show how your organization is really having an impact. And again, the tools are, are on the digital side, are through email, through retargeting, through site personalization, and, and then making sure your content strategy, that communication strategy is, is flowing all the way through. So those are the five stages of donor engagement from a digital perspective to inspire the visitors, connect with the leads, educate the contacts, ask your supporters, and then appreciate your partners. And these levels of engagement really line up with, you know, our view on this, which is kind of a responsive fundraising strategy. And I think the thing that stands out to me is mm-hmm. that a lot of fundraisers feel like their job is to go find the money and to either, you know, manip- manipulate or convince or beg or however they frame it. But it's kind of fundraising is, is seen as this idea that like, gosh, we just have to go out and get the money. But with this approach, and I think even the correlating to what we we share in our responsive fundraising playbook, is that four out of the five steps are you as an organization adding and serving the supporter. And really that ask or what we call suggest within responsive fundraising is just bridging the gap between the value and the connection that you're you're doing between the giver and the good. And I think yeah. if this framing of fundraising is so much so much healthier. Um, I was talking to someone and they talked about how fundraisers go through the kind of these three phases or postures towards fundraising. And the first is kind of where most fundraisers never move past, which is kind of this, um, may I have some more mindset or posture. And I think this is what you're suggesting is really mm-hmm. kind of a, mm-hmm. a tool set or to help evolve that posture to how do I come alongside and act as a, as a guide for my supporters as they steward their resources in a way that they feel like they're adding value and serving others or serving, you know, whatever the cause is. So I love this framing and I think it really aligns with, you know, what we've seen work well because it focuses on relationship and seeks to add value and then connects the giver to the good. And I think it, it's clear by this conversation mm-hmm. and others I've had with, you know, top thinkers in fundraising over the last few weeks that there seems to still be this gap that exists between today's donor and traditional fundraising strategies. We kind of, you know, circled that at the beginning of this conversation. And one strategy I know you advocate for, which you've kind of repeated throughout our conversation, um, is related to this idea of personalization. And this is something we see as essential in a fundraise in responsive fundraising. Yet when we socialize this, it feels right, but pragmatically, it's really a challenge to infuse within the day-to-day practices. Could you help kind of as we close, like translate a bit and provide maybe two or three practical ways 
personalization could be used to better connect with today's donors. Some really clear ways on how organizations can implement this idea of personalization. You bet, Noah. Um, so I, I've used this example, and I'll, then I'll use it again and share a little bit more detail. So there's a there's a organization that I support and uh, love the content, love the education that I've been personally have been gaining from them. Every single time I go to their website, though, I get this pop up banner that says, um, "Would you subscribe to our email list?" Well. I've subscribed to them. I've probably done it a couple times um, just because I keep asking. And it's, it's, it's actually annoying. It's not the fact that what's annoying isn't the fact that they asked or isn't it the fact that they're giving me a pop-up banner. It's the fact that I'm already on their list and they're still asking. And to me, that is, that is one of the easiest things that as an organization you can fix. And, and I'm, I'll, I'll be, you know, just a full disclosure we saw the need, uh, our company 5Q saw the need in software that things were going from a, um, the need to be able to personalize experiences when they come to a nonprofit's website. So we developed a personalization platform. It's called Journey. You can find more about it at journey.com. And within, within 15 minutes, you, you have a free version. You can add it to your website and you can be able to say, okay, if this is the person's first time to the website, then um, we're going to ask them for their email list. And once they've signed up for their email on your list, we can say, okay, when they come back, if they're already, if they've already signed up on your email list, then they would not get asked to be able to sign up again. And that can be using journey. You could either use that as a pop-up or you could also embed it as a part of a page on your website. And, and, and that tool really gives you the ability to identify where a person is in their um, engagement with you, whether they're a first-time visitor, whether they've been there, whether they're signed up or not, and help them take that next step in their in their user journey as they are interacting with your organization. So, so um, <laughs> that is. You know, so, I would encourage your folks just to just to go check out Journey, test it out, and and. Um, one is to be able to, to be able to only ask people one time or only ask people to sign up. And then once they've signed up, then you don't have to ask them again. Um, another thing that that's, that can be used for as far as tailoring the experience, let's say a person comes to your donation page, they start filling out the form, but then they don't finish it. Well, you can be able to tell that. So when a person comes back to your website, you can, you can that trigger that to offer a premium. Say, hey, um, you want to be careful that you don't, you're not creepy about the way you say it, but hey, um, you consider finishing your donation. Here, we'll offer you a free book if you finish your donation or something like that, or not even offering a premium, just encouraging them to, to, to finish their donation. Did you get distracted? We, you know, we want to help you to finish that so you can, you can connect. And so there's those things that the for-profit space does so well, whether it be Amazon, you know, everything, when you go to Amazon site, every single page is tailored to you and what you're looking at at the time. Um, or, or to, or then, or to other e-commerce sites, being able to bring those, that thinking and that principles to, uh, to your website. And so journey is, is, is really a, a great personalization platform that's built specifically for the nonprofit space. And then you can, you can dovetail that 
with a CRM like Virtuous, where uh, you can actually have those two talking together. So we can identify, you know, who this person is, they have, this is what their average gift is. So therefore on the donation page, we're going to show an average gift of make a gift of something, something in the range of what their average gift is in the past. So you're not asking for low end, you're not asking for too much, but you're asking for the right amount based on what they've given in the past. So those would be just a couple examples of how you can use a tool that's available um, starting at a free level I'm using Journey just to be able to personalize that experience when they come to your website. Absolutely. And I think the key here is that there's simple things in our fundraising uh, fundraising activities where we can just simply stop, do an extra step, or you know, you leverage technology like you mentioned with Journey to express to the people engaging with our cause that we actually know them. You know, and I think we all, I think, fundamentally yeah. want to be known in some way, not famous or celebrity known, mm-hmm. but just that someone sees us. And I think mm-hmm. that idea of a fundraising mm-hmm. organization being able to posture in a way to say, we know you, we see you, and we value you is another way to express that, hey, you're not just giving to the cause, you're actually a part of it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Responsive Fundraising Podcast by Virtuous. Each episode we've designed to really give you the insights into the philosophy, process, and playbook of leading nonprofits so that you can grow giving and build deeper relationships with the people who matter most, your donors. And if you want to dig further into responsive fundraising, we've actually put together an exclusive content pack just for listeners of this podcast. If you go to virtuouscrm.com slash podcast, that's virtuouscrm.com slash podcast, you can download a content kit that includes the responsive fundraising blueprint, which outlines all of the strategies that are involved in implementing responsive fundraising. You also get the responsive fundraising playbook, which includes 20 plus plays, which are basically strategies that you can implement today at your nonprofit to become more responsive and ultimately raise retention and increase giving. We'll also throw in a bunch of other resources and content that is going to be helpful for you as you think about how you're applying responsive fundraising at your nonprofit. And it's completely free. You can grab that at virtuouscrm.com slash podcast. <laughs>